The very best stories always have a beginning, a middle, and an end. All three parts of these are present in every story that you read, that you hear about. They're present in our own lives as well. And they are present in each of the images here in our stained glass windows. Over the past several weeks, we've been looking at each of these symbols and considering the stories from Scripture that they come from. And each of these individual stories has a beginning, middle, and end. And together, all of them tell the very story of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. You remember several weeks ago, we looked at this uh, set of images. It tells the story of creation, the seven days of both creation and rest. And today, we consider the windows over here. They come to us from the very end of the scriptures, from the book of Revelation. And they also connect with our story of faith. This, uh, these images uh, as a set uh, can be uh, explained or introduced perhaps um, with a verse from Revelation chapter 4, uh, beginning with verse 1. This is a vision of, uh, the, of what is to come. After this, I looked, and there was a door that had been opened in heaven. The first voice that I heard, which sounded like a trumpet, said to me, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once, I was in a spirit-inspired trance, and I saw a throne in heaven, and someone was seated on the throne. Something like a glass sea, like crystal, was in front of the throne. In the center by the throne, there were four living creatures, Encircling the throne, these creatures were covered with eyes on the front and on the back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like an ox. The third living creature had a face like a human being. And the fourth living creature was like an eagle in flight. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and each was covered all around and on the inside with eyes. They never rest day or night, but keep on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is coming. And these four living creatures are depicted in our stained glass window on either side of the center image of the Lamb. These four images give us a picture of what that heavenly scene is like, and they also connect with each of the four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They tell us something about the nature of Christ, and they make an invitation for each of us as followers of Jesus as well. We'll begin with the picture that is on the far left. This is of the winged human uh, or the angel, perhaps the face of a human being. Uh, This image is uh, connected with the gospel according to Matthew. Part of the reason that these connections are made is because the gospel according to Matthew, you may remember, begins with a genealogy. It's it's quite lengthy. And and here's a a few of these words from Matthew chapter 1. A record of the ancestors of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Uh, I won't read the whole genealogy uh, for you. It continues for 52 generations. Matthew was making a connection between the people of Israel and Jesus. Also, what's happening here and why this image is connected is it's a reminder of, of the humanity of Jesus. That Jesus is God with us. It isn't God far off distant in some other place. God came to live among us as a human being. Beginning the story of Jesus with these generations connects to the past. And it reminds us that Jesus is God with us. It also represents for us, it's an invitation to remember that that we're created as humans. We, We are not God. 
And thank goodness for that. We are created with minds, a reason, and an intellect invited to ask questions about our faith, to engage others, to seek to grow, to love God, and to love our neighbor. The winged human reminds us of Jesus' humanity, invites us to live as humans, always seeking to connect with God. The next image is of the lion. Uh, again, you'll notice all of these have, uh, have wings on them, um, just like was mentioned there in the text from Revelation. Um, this uh, lion connects with the book of Mark, uh, the gospel according to Mark. And, and it comes, from again, from the very first verses there in chapter 1. Hear these words. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's Son, happened just as it was written about in the prophecy of Isaiah. Look. I am sending my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And this voice of one shouting, of calling in the wilderness, is compared, is likened to the roar of a lion. Something that can be heard over all others. Something that that stands out there in the wilderness. In these verses, it reminds us of the lion. Of course, uh, when we think about Jesus and the lion, it, it is a reminder and it's a symbol of royalty, of, of monarchy. It represents the, the kingship of Christ and that Christ is king over all of creation. The royal lion is part of what helps remind us of the nature of Jesus. As Christians as well, it reminds us, it's an invitation uh, to be bold and courageous These words we see throughout the Old and New Testament, the reminder not to be afraid, the courage, perhaps, of a lion. To step into whatever God has called us to, to live into the future unafraid, is what Jesus invites us to do. This picture of the lion connects with the Gospel of Mark, reminds us of Jesus' kingship, his royal majesty, and invites us to be unafraid into the future that God has for us. We go to the left, we'll skip the center image as they are all facing that in the center and continue with the image of the ox. Um, The ox is associated with the gospel according to Luke. Now, uh, perhaps a little bit looser connection here, um, but you might think about the ox as uh, uh, symbolizing a couple different things. The first is as a sign of sacrifice. In uh, uh, ancient Israel, the ox was a part of the sacrificial system and and so was a symbol uh, for the ancient Israelites of of things that were offered to God. Of course, the ox as well uh, is a sign of strength and it is a beast of burden. It's a symbol of service. And so all of these connect with the gospel according to Luke. It begins, you may remember, with the story of Zechariah, a priest who was serving in the temple, connected here with this system of sacrifice. From Luke chapter 1, during the rule of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was a descendant of Aaron. They were both righteous before God, blameless in their observance of all the Lord's commandments and regulations. One day, Zechariah was serving as a priest before God because his priestly division was on duty. The ox connects with this priestly uh, beginning to the gospel according to Luke. It's a sign of Jesus, of his uh, sacrifice for us in his crucifixion, as well as the connection with the high priest, as, as the high priest would sacrifice the ox in ancient Israel. So Christ is our high priest, as well as the sacrifice. 
As followers of Jesus, it's a symbol that can remind us that part of our call as disciples is one of sacrifice. The road of following after Jesus is not an easy one, nor does it promise to be one. There are times when we may need to sacrifice to do what God has called us to do. And the ox reminds us of that. The image on the far right here is that of an eagle. Uh, the eagle represents the gospel according to John. It's because it has a, uh, an eagle might soar over uh, creation, soar over the earth. And so uh, in a similar way, John has, has a very high understanding of Jesus being God, of Jesus' divinity. You remember the beginning of John uh, uh, starts with these verses. We read it every Christmas Eve. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. John doesn't start with a genealogy. He doesn't start with the story of a priest. He doesn't even start with one crying out in the wilderness. John goes back to the very beginning and reminds us of this connection of Christ over all. The, the very word of God in the very beginning of time. An eternal view of Jesus and, and goes on to describe Jesus throughout the gospel with a much higher view of Jesus' divinity than the other three gospels. The eagle represents Jesus' divine nature, his ascension after the resurrection, and this overarching view in the gospel according to John. For us as followers of Jesus, the eagle um, can remind us as well to keep our eyes focused on what God has called us to. A, a clear focus, an eagle eye perhaps, towards the perfect love of God and neighbor, something that we are all on the journey to become. This is the eagle. And all four of these living, uh, living creatures facing, surrounding the throne in which there is the Lamb of God. The lamb is the most common animal symbol in Christian art. It was an ideal symbol uh, to represent Christ. And this particular lamb um, has two connections. You'll see um, there that scholars would say it's both a lamb that's carrying a banner um, with the sign of the cross. And it's also a lamb uh, that's sitting on a book with seven seals on it. You may remember that the, the, the lamb with the banner uh, symbolizes the resurrection and Christ as the redeemer. Uh, we hear this um, representation from John in the first chapter. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is just after Jesus has been baptized. They see Jesus walking by, and the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is Jesus, the Redeemer. The book with the seven seals is mentioned in uh, Revelation. It's a part of the story of that book of the Bible. And, and we see it connected here again with the Lamb of God. We go back to Revelation to hear these words. They took up a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And by your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they will rule on earth. Then I looked, and I heard the sound of many angels surrounding the throne, the living creatures and the elders. They numbered in the millions, thousands upon thousands, and they said in a loud voice, Worthy is the slaughtered lamb to receive power, wealth, wisdom, and might, and honor, glory, and blessing. 
And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. I heard everything everywhere say, Blessing, honor, glory, and power belong to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and always. The set of stained glass windows connects us to the book of Revelation and they also, most importantly, connect us with Jesus. At the center is the Lamb of God. And here in Revelation, all everyone offering the words of blessing and honor, glory and power to the one who is seated on the throne. Everyone, friends, includes you and me. We have the chance to join those voices in heaven that are surrounding the throne of God, praising God forever. The chance to add our voices of praise on this Palm Sunday as we anticipate Jesus' resurrection on Easter Day. Our opportunity to keep our eyes focused to persevere with strength and courage in the face of difficulties and to remember that Jesus, as both human and divine, came to live among us, to offer himself for our sake, and give us hope eternally and here on earth. These are some of the stories in our stained glass. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we give you thanks for the opportunity to learn more of your story. We ask that you clarify our thoughts, our minds, that we might truly follow after you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, give us vision, give us strength and courage, and help us always to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen.